0: Hey guys, so I, this message, it took me a while. I was, I don't know, I guess I was nervous, nervous about it because I know the importance of baptism and so I'm excited. I'm excited that we're back. It seems like it's been a while. It's good to see everybody's faces, but if you're here on Sunday, um, Pastor Curtis, this quote was in his message and it says, there's plenty of water in the universe without life but nowhere is there life without water. That's Sylvia Earle. Water is the symbol of life. So many of y'all have expressed that you want to get baptized, or you just at least want to know more about baptism. So I believe that baptism is very important, like I said earlier, and it's very close to my heart. And I want to start out with the story of David, which might kind of throw you off. You're like, why are we starting out with David? That's, that's Old Testament. But I hope that after I explain, you'll understand. So I'm doing a Bible study with Conley right now, and it's called Goliath Must Fall. And it pointed out something I've never really thought about with Goliath, the story. I'm going to stand up. I usually sit down, but I don't know. I'm like jacked up tonight. Okay. So how many of you are familiar with the story of David and Goliath? Pretty much everybody. I'll, I'll preface it real quick. So Goliath had been taunting the Israelites for 40 days and he was yelling out that their God was weak, that their God was powerless, worthless. And David was taking supplies to his brothers. And while he's, while he's there, he's like, who is this Joker that's talking about our God who defies our God? And, uh, David, He heard enough, and he told Saul that he would go and that he would fight Goliath. And so this part right here comes right from that book, Goliath Must Fall. And I think it does a great job of showing the odds that David was up against. It says, in the red corner, wearing nothing but sandals and a tunic is a runt of a kid named David. No armor, no sword, no shield, no army training. And in the other corner, wearing 125 pounds of steel-plated armor is an experienced enemy warrior. He's a head and shoulders taller than Shaquille O'Neal and ripped head to toe with the solid muscle. Highly trained in all kinds of combat, carries a spear, a sword, huge helmet, has infinite supply of ammunition, and he's got a separate armor bearer just to carry all his gear. He's got a full army at his back. So this sounds pretty bleak, huh? Doesn't sound very good, but we all know how the story ends. David gets five smooth stones from the brook. He selects those five and he takes out one stone. He slung it at the giant and the giant fell at his feet, dead. Bam. So I want to switch over to my story real quick. And I know that I'm shifting gears, but it'll make sense. And you've heard part of these stories. I mean, these are stories that I've done in some other messages too. But I lived in Toya, Texas until I was around the age of seven. And I had so much freedom as a seven-year-old boy. And now that I have my own kids, it's crazy what I experienced as a seven-year-old. Like, I can't imagine Conley or Bodie doing any of these things. But by that time, I'd already started two grass fires in the town. I remember we're in the alley just throwing huge rocks at the back of houses. Yeah, this is Yes, do not do these things. Just, but I did that just to do it. I'd get fist fights in fist fights with my best friend regularly. And uh, we'd play football at the park with all the older kids. And I knew every curse word in the book to the point where those older kids would pull me aside and I would tell them those words. Just, I mean, that was ridiculous, but I could go on and on. But basically, my life, was it was consumed with a lot of rebellion, and I was definitely doing things my way. And so I remember I was watching Wayne's World on a rainy day, and I know that a lot of you don't know what Wayne's World is. Who knows what Wayne's World is? Okay, so decent, amount. Huh? I would compare it to like Spongebob nowadays, you know, just like a goofy, silly movie that you wouldn't expect something... Well. <laughs> Not, not comparatively exactly, but just a silly movie. You kind of get the gist. So it's kind of ironic that my story of baptism begins this way. So I'm watching Wayne's World. It's raining outside and I'm thinking to myself, man, you know, life is, life is good. And right after that thought, I thought to myself, where am I going to go after I die? And then that thought just continued to consume me. Until finally I asked my parents, I was like, you know, I'm this is a great day, but where am I going after I die? And they explained to me that Jesus, yeah, crazy thoughts. They explained to me that Jesus had died on the cross for my forgiveness. And they talked to me about baptism and the importance of baptism and what it signifies. And it signifies the forgiveness of our sins. So like I said earlier, a lot of my... A lot of my life at a very young age was consumed with rebellion. And I remember feeling so relieved after after they had told me that. There was an answer to what seemed like an impossible question. I knew sin from a very young age, and I needed to be saved. And I remember how powerful it meant to me knowing that I was washed white as snow from from the stain of my sins. This was a giant in my life. My sin was a giant even at a young age. And that's why I felt so relieved. There is an answer to that impossible question. And Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the giant killer. Jesus fights the battles for us. Jesus stares down the face of impossible odds. And the moment that we stop staring at our giant and we lock eyes with Jesus, that's the moment that our hope shifts from us to him, So in the story of David and Goliath, God, he didn't want victory to come about just because David was fitted with all, you know, the best armor or he had a sword or he was really brave or, he hit, you know, he defied the odds and had a whole army behind his back. But God wanted victory to come simply because one man, young man, trusted in him. So when I decided to be baptized, this is the, the point that I wanted to do things God's way. Now, I tried my way and knew that that way would end in destruction. I trusted him. I had faith in him. And I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. And I think that's important that we know where our help comes from. I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That's straight from David. And that David was also known as a man after God's own heart. And so why is that? Why was he why was he known as a man after God's own heart? And it's because he was obedient. When we talk about baptism, I think it's important that we speak on that because that's that's ultimately what you're saying when you want to be baptized. We've tried to do things our way and we're ready to do things God's way. So what is God's way? And we see it time and time again in Scripture. So Acts 9, 17, I think he's going to put all these Scriptures up here. It doesn't have all the words. I'll read them to you, but it at least has them so you can write them down. It says, Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up, went to the water, was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. So Saul, who would be called, called Paul later, had been trying to do things his way for a long time. And he was actually persecuting the Christians. And so he stopped right in his tracks and is, he's actually on his way to persecute some more, some more Christians on the, on the road to Damascus. And on his way, he saw a light from heaven flash around him. And Jesus asked him why he was persecuting him. Paul was blinded for three days. And then right after that, he was touched by Ananias, a godly man. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then right next to that, this is Acts 8.35-38. Then Philip began with that very message of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. And as as they traveled along the road... They came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here's water. Why should I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized them. With each of these stories, their obedience was essential to their behavior. And let's look at, this is a primary example for us. This is Jesus, Matthew 3.16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water at that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him, I with am well pleased. So even Jesus, his obedience came before his experience. This baptism, it would start a three-year journey of the miracles, signs, and wonders, but it was all at the beginning from his willingness to be obedient. So one thing that I'd ask is, don't please don't let any excuse keep you from being baptized. And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on the excuses, but I I think that it's clear that Jesus wants us to get baptized. Because even though Jesus, he was perfect, he was without blemish, he too was baptized, and it pleased God. And one of the last things that he told his disciples, this is the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19, it says, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So that's the last thing that he told his disciples the very last thing that he said when he was on this earth. To me, you have to know that's pretty important. He said, go and make disciples, baptizing them. So what is baptism? And he's got a slide up here. It's it's many things. It's a symbol of being born of water and the spirit, born again. Water is necessary for birth. It's birth into new life. It's birth into a new family the church family. It's birth into a sonship or a daughtership with the same father. But it also represents the spiritual through the physical. So Colossians two 2.12 says, For when you were baptized, you were buried with Christ, and in bap- baptism you were also raised with Christ. So it begins with death. Christ died on the cross for you. And then Romans 6 said that we died to sin. And in the scripture, Curtis, Pastor Curtis talked about that the word died to sin in the scripture means that you're separated from sin. So you're separated from sin, and you no longer live in it. And our old nature was crucified with him. And the water is a symbol of washing of the old person. And then the burial is going under the water, which represents the burial. So Christ was buried for three days in the tomb. And our old nature, our sin habits are buried with him. And last is the resurrection. When you come out of the water, we are raised with him to live a new life in Christ. So what does that mean for you? I would say, first point, ask yourself, is God calling you to a relationship with him? And if he is, be baptized. Ask yourself this question before you baptize. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God? that died on the cross for your sins. And this will take you to the next part, which we've already talked about, which is obedience, because that obedience is so important. It is what Jesus calls us to do. My life was changed after I was baptized, and that doesn't mean that I just stopped sinning right then. I would continue to make mistakes. Even the very next day, I I made a mistake. I was out, you know, we were at this bar ditch is in Toya. It just rained, and so we knew after it rained, we could usually go to this bar ditch, and it was usually full of frogs, snakes, whatever we could find. And that day, it was full of tadpoles. And so that's what we're getting that day, some tadpoles. And same thing, I was just like, this is a beautiful day. Like I just got baptized, It was probably two days before. It's like, I'm cleaning my sin. I was like, this is a beautiful day. It was back to my Wayne's World moment like, dude, I'm loving life. This is good. And then so right after that, I pick up a tadpole and I drop it into the water. And so a cuss word slips out of my mouth. And I just like panic sets in. The fear sets in like, holy cow, I was was washed away of my sins. Am I not? That was the panic that I immediately felt. I didn't realize that. I'm still forgiven. When you sin again, you are forgiven. But we must continue to repent. So that's my second point, repentance. That's a gift that's given to us. Peter says, repent and be baptized, or repent and remember your baptism. So that's the part, repent and remember your baptism. Repentance is never taken away. And so Curtis explains it. It's the Greek word metanoia, which means to change our mind, which ultimately, it changes our direction. So we must trust that God's way is best for us, and it's best for others. As Paul stated, it's a, it's a renewing of our mind daily. And I still renew my mind daily. I, I focus on those scriptures. I focus on the Romans 12 too, that you renew your mind, and that transforms you. Now I, I must remember also that I'm made righteous by faith. So Romans 5:1, that's another one of my favorite scriptures. Therefore since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So baptism, it's the outward sign of that faith that we have in Jesus. And even after you're baptized, you have to remember that you're made righteous. That's what that scripture says. You're made righteous but it's made righteous through our faith in Jesus Christ. We can't. We can't get this on our own. This is from our faith in Jesus Christ. I have to remember this every single day. Know that you are righteous, but that's righteous by faith. And then this will help God into doing what God wants. And that needs to be our prayer every day to do what God wants. And doing what God wants is is what will ultimately change your life. So I want to end with this. I think it's it's important to know just how much God loves us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. So just like the day that I dropped that tadpole, I'm going to mess up. But that doesn't mean I'm not trying my best. I can't forget that God loves me. And he he loves us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for, for our sins. I look to my kids, I look to my loved ones, and I know how much I love them, and I would I would do anything for them. And God loves us more than that, because he is love, a love beyond anything that we can fathom. For some tonight, it's it's time to go through the waters, to experience all that God has for you in this life and the life to come. And you might have some more questions for us. You might have some questions for me. You might have some questions for Lindsay. You might have some questions for your small group leader. Make sure that you ask those questions tonight. We also have a baptism Sunday for February 7th. So if you want to be a part of that, make sure that you let us know. And I'm excited for you guys. And we have scriptures. If you want to get baptized, we'll have scriptures that you register for that on February 7th. It sends you those scriptures, and then we'll talk more about it as well. But thank you all for coming tonight. I appreciate it. I'll pray real quick, and then we'll get into our small groups. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for all of our many blessings, for for the gift of of baptism, for the gift of your Son, died on the cross for our sins, Lord, for the sacrifice that you made for us because you love us. Thank you for that love, and I pray that we would remember it every single day, Lord. Lord, I pray that if anyone is, is feeling that the need or the want to be baptized, Father, that, um, that they would seek us out, Father, and that they would continue to seek you out, Lord, to do your will. Lord, thank you for this day. It's in your precious holy name we pray. Amen.